For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Grant Anderson, co-founder and president and CEO of Paragon Space Development Corporation in Tucson. Welcome, Grant. Glad to be here. Grant, you do things like life support for people working in extreme environments. What kind of environments are we talking about? In general, any place where you die if things go wrong with your life support system. So it's not the just a cold day in, in, in North Dakota or something. It's the moon. It's Mars, in space, underwater, pollution and polluted waters, things like that. Things where the technology is essential to keeping you alive. Are you involved with the space programs to go to the moon or Mars? Definitely. Space is in Paragon's name, uh, but it's not our only business. It's about 70% of what we do. But yes, we've been at the forefront of doing space work, uh, trying to figure out the technologies that will take us to Mars for now 25 years. Which parts of the, of the technology do you work on? Anything having to do with breathing, or the fluids of the body, or the temperature of the body. So keeping your oxygen at the right level, to scrubbing CO2 out of the air, scrubbing other trace contaminants, uh, recycling your urine, recycling your feces, um, and then again, keeping you at the right temperature. Humans are pretty picky. They want to be you know, 70 plus or minus 5 degrees. Do we have the technology to go to Mars in that sense? Are we ready in terms of life support? In almost everything but life support. We know how to land there. We know how to rove around there. We know how to navigate there. But keeping humans alive is the one thing we really haven't proven. We haven't proven to ourselves or definitely to an astronaut might be putting their life on the line going to Mars. What's the toughest part of that? It's maintaining the system working at all times. Life support systems can't break down. They, you, know, you can have a valve go wrong for a little while and you have to fix it, but in general, they can't just drift off and stop working. It's a very dire consequence. So our big challenge is making them reliable enough that we know they're going to make it there and back. To what extent on that sort of life support do you try to recycle things, and to what extent do you try to bring along the supplies you need? Well, the more things you bring along and you throw away, the more you have to actually lift off the Earth. So then rockets get very big, or you have to do multiple launches to attach things and take them out. Recycling is very important, especially water and oxygen, the two things that we have to consume and we do all the time. How do you recycle something like oxygen? Well, that's hard. You, know, you breathe in, and then you breathe out CO2. Car carbon dioxide is not a very easy molecule to split apart, so it takes some special uh, technology to split that back apart and bring back the carbon. You, very often you throw away the carbon, but you have to bring the oxygen back in. We do it with something called solid exit electrolysis, which is like in the old high school days, you used to stick a wire in water and get hydrogen and oxygen. Same idea, except you get carbon and oxygen. It's just a lot harder to do because of the strength of the molecule. Have you done any work with the people who try to do this sort of thing using plants, the natural sort of recyclers? Yes, we do. Um, the problem with plants, especially going to and from Mars, is you're in a zero-gravity environment. And the plants waste a lot, actually. You have to bring along a lot of extra equipment, the lights to make them grow, the, the soil, or even if you're doing it hydroponically or aeronically, how much you are bringing along to support all that weighs a lot. So going to Mars and back, you really don't have the trade-off that says the plants are the way to go. And, of course, they might die if they get a disease, which is, again, a reliability issue. And so for things like human waste, is that recycled or just jettisoned? 
you want to pull out what you want to recycle. Um, you know, feces is is a good 50 to 60% water. You want to try to extract that out. Um, there are certain nutrients or, or, or elemental compounds that when you're going to and from Mars aren't really important to pull out. Once you get on Mars, you're going to want to recycle. Every pound of water you waste is another pound you have to launch off the Earth. Do the things that you're talking about there, uh, the recycling things, do they apply in any other situations that you deal with, or is this just a space thing? No, um, we are constantly and very encouraged by NASA and the government in general whenever we use government funding to see where we can spin this off for the benefit of people here on the ground. The water technologies used are pretty expensive, so you'll never see us say like on camping gear for what we do and how we do ours. But there are definitely some markets down, which I can't talk about here because of competition reasons, but where it is applicable to on Earth and will will do good for Earth. Elon Musk has said he's going to Mars. Do you think he's ready? No, I get questions on that all the time. My pat answer is, show me where the bathrooms are. When Once you have the bathrooms, then I know people have actually been seriously designing their rockets for people. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.